here we go. Episode 33 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo. Along with me, I have John Michael Masiri. JM, how are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, got a lot of stuff to unpack today. Yeah, there's a ton to get to. It was a crazy, crazy weekend. You know, for New York sports and just in general, we're going to talk about the weekend in sports, obviously, with the NFL starting and how good it is to have that back. Um, both New York teams with a loss on Sunday, but one wasn't as bad as the other. And just a lot of surprising things to me happen. But again, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, we're going to say football uh, for after the break, because we do want to start with baseball here. And um, both teams are competing for a playoff spot, the Yankees more so than the Mets. And they faced off against each other over the weekend and, and things got heated. It was a very emotional weekend because of, you know, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And both teams, again, competing for a playoff spot. The Yankees held the playoff spot. They know they still don't right now, correct? No. They did going into the weekend. They don't now. They lost two out of three. They're a half game behind the Red Sox. So it was it was a you know, really intense weekend and the Mets, you know, fighting for their lives, probably not going to make it, but, you know, still mathematically in it and they feel like they're in it, but um, there was, there was a lot. So what did you think of the weekend overall as a Yankees fan? Well, real quick, um, I forgot the Red Sox actually lost to the Mariners Monday night. So um, they're uh, the Yankees are tied, but they hold the tiebreaker. So they do all the playoffs spot right now. Um okay. What did I think of the weekend? Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, a lot of emotions running high and everything like that. Um, I mean, obviously, it. I would have preferred Francisco Lindor not hit that home run and they win the game, but um, that was a really cool game and cool moment there. Um, I don't know. I, I think um, this whole, like, the way it all started um, – with the signs, uh, the, not the signs, the tipping pitches thing and the whistling and whatnot, the Yankees claimed that they weren't whistling because of um, tipping pitches. They were doing it just as whatever, rooting for the team or w- whatever they were doing. Um, and, yeah, emotions were running high, like you said, and uh, we obviously know what happened. Um, Stan hit that two-run shot, said something to Lindor. Lindor hit his third home run of the game off Chad Green. No surprise there. Chad Green's like a, a batting practice machine right now. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a cool series. It was a fun series. Like you said, the 9-11 stuff. Um, and then that Sunday night game was uh, definitely uh, one of the best games of the regular season. It was the first time I kind of felt like in a while, especially with watching, you know, the Subway series. Now that I'm, you know, an incredibly intense fan, that it, it felt like a real rivalry. Right. You know, yeah, they, you know, are huggy and, you know, lovey-dovey on Saturday before the game. But, I mean, that you know, they were pissed at each other on Sunday, and that, and that was pretty cool to see. Uh, when You know, the thing for me is, you know, when the Mets won a game, the Mets won a game. You know, the people saying, oh, the Mets won their World Series on, on Sunday, you know, whatever. You know, I don't care that the, the Mets beat the Yankees. You know, is it an added bonus? Sure. Just like it would be an added bonus if, if the Yankees would have won that game. You're beating your crosstown rival. But for me, the thing is Lindor. Uh, you know, he's looked good since the first two months of the year. The numbers aren't going to show that, his total numbers. But if you look at his numbers since June, since coming back from the disabled list or the injured list, he has been, you know, the Francisco Lindor that you know, that, that you know, 
that they paid for right. the, the guy that he was in Cleveland. And, and that's the best thing to see. And him just embracing the city, you know, in the series, I, I thought that was cool. And, and that's the biggest thing of the weekend, you know, unfortunately, you know, the Mets lose Monday night and they lose seven to nothing against the team that they trail in the wild card. That's a bigger loss. And that would have been a bigger win than the, the game on Sunday. So yeah. that, that's just how it goes. Those games mean more. The, the teams that you're trailing, the teams in your league and your division, those games mean more and the Mets can't win that game. And, you know, I'm going to be there tonight. They better win tonight. And, and I had said they have to go five and one this week for them to keep their hopes alive. I don't think they're going to do it. They'd have to go on a five game winning streak here. So it's, you know, the Mets, listen, I think the biggest thing is Lindor and you got a lot of questions heading into the off season. Right. Yeah. Like you said, this is a really important week for them. Um, they have this series against the Cardinals and then coming up right after that is the Phillies who are two teams that are, um, you know, in contention for this wild card and th- this NL wild card, I think we said about a month ago, we were like th- the Mets only shot at making the playoffs is winning that division. Cause it seemed like that wild card was sealed up the Padres. No one was expecting the collapse that the Padres had. Um, and now the Padres are, are, clawing to just to stay in this thing um it, it really is insane though that to think that the dodgers are a wild card team and they're gonna have to play one of these teams in a one game playoff i mean they're 16 games up in the wild card which is insane but hey you gotta win your division you know, you know it sucks even you know what sucks even more yeah you're right when your division you know I, I guess it sucks that you have a team that is that good in your division but what shouldn't happen honestly and should they should think about it is reseeding where the Dodgers shouldn't have to come out and play the Giants. Right. And, and the same thing, the Giants first round matchup should not be the Dodgers. It should be, you know, whoever comes out of the NL East because the, the Brewers are no team to just, you know, blink your eye at They're right. They're a good solid team. I, I don't like that. I think reseeding should happen. I think if, you know, if the wild card team is the worst team, fine they play the one seed but if the wild card team has the second best record of the national league they shouldn't right. have to play the best team and the best team shouldn't have to play them right um yeah i mean i don't hate something like that like a reseeding um i think it's kind of stupid some people were saying you know there's got to be a certain point where you just say all right no second wild card like this team's far far better like no. uh yeah i i don't get you know the mlb is never going to do that especially when it comes to money that, that game's a big TV uh, revenue and, you know, ratings grabber. Um, so I think the Dodgers will win whatever, whoever is there. They, they should win that game. Like it is baseball. You never know, but it's exactly they're, it's they're, baseball. Like they're, anything they're, can if, happen. If this was football, maybe, maybe different, but it's baseball. Um, so, you know, if let's say uh, I'm just going to pick the, uh, let's say the Phillies make the wild card. Okay. They got Zach Wheeler pitching the first game. Zach Wheeler is a hell of a pitcher, and he he's had a, a, a Cy Young-esque season with the Phillies. So if he has a good game, and, and let's say Scherzer or Bueller or whoever they pitched in that wild card game doesn't have his greatest stuff that day, the Phillies could be, you know, moving on and, and, and playing the NLDS. So, but yeah, baseball is a crazy game, but um, this wild card race is certainly not over in the NL. They'll never get rid of that game. As long as your team's not playing it, it's a great watch. It is very exciting. Yeah. If your team's playing it, it sucks. Yeah, I've had th- I've you. had three of them. And, um, you know, our only hope at the, at the playoffs right now is for it to be a fourth one. So, 
Yeah, um, it's definitely an talk about stressful game, but can we talk about those Blue Jays, man? Because they are scary. I mean, I would be petrified to play a team like that. And and you look at Alex Manoa last night, one of their top pitching prospects that they brought up uh, in May or June. He goes eight innings, ten strikeouts, one hit against the best team in the American League yesterday, along with putting up eight runs. Vladdy took over the major league home run lead. You know, if I'm a Yankee fan, if I'm a Red Sox fan, if I'm a Mariner fan, if, you know, they get in, I do not. And even the Rays and the Astros and the White Sox, I do not want to play that team. Yeah. Yeah, they're damn good. And that, and that's something about a young team that we don't realize sometimes is they get better as the season goes on. And you're seeing that with the Blue Jays right now. I mean, if you look at the Blue Jays post-All-Star break, they're one of the best teams in baseball. Um, certainly offensively they are. And that was the thing we said about this team was the, the offense was coming into this year. We were like, yeah, they can make some noise, maybe get into the wild card. That offense is really good, but it's just that pitching and especially the bullpen. But now the pitching's coming around. No one expected Robbie Ray to have a Cy Young-esque season. And like you said, Alex Manoa, they traded for Jose Barrios. They have Hyunjin Ryu. Like, that is a legit play. If you look at those four guys, that's a playoff rotation. That is a legit playoff rotation. 100%. And then that lineup is obviously, we know how good the lineup is. The only problem is still the bullpen isn't fantastic. Um, yeah, but how many bullpens? I was just about to say AL. that. I was just about to say that. How, many, you know, how many teams have a great bullpen? Um, the White Sox and... The Astros is decent, but a lot of teams have bullpen problems and they can get by. But I don't yeah, you know, I, I think to a certain point, I don't think this Blue Jays team, I know they're really hot, but um if they do make the playoffs, if they do win the wild card, I don't think they're gonna like go to the World Series, but I definitely think they could make some noise and be a really tough opponent. I, I don't know. I, I I would are they better than the Astros right now? Possibly. I think their rotation is better than the Astros. Who's the Who's the team right now? You'd say in the, in the American League that that gets there? The Rays. The Rays. Um, I'm not the biggest White Sox guy, just because I think they're. I'm not either. I think not they're. A, their record against above 500 teams isn't fantastic. I think they're a good team with. with good players all around. They have a good lineup, they have a good bullpen, they have a good rotation. So you would think they're like a legit contender, but just something about that team makes me think they're not really going to be able to get it done. I, I don't think – I think they're good all around, but I don't think they're great. I was high on them a month or two ago, and uh, not, not so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, that that record against bad teams hasn't improved. I thought it would. Uh, they've been banged up. Lucas Giolito, Tim Anderson, and Andrew Vaughn were activated today. They're going to play tonight. But – yeah, they, they, they haven't played well against the good teams. I don't I don't see that happening for them. I think they're the weakest bunch out of the teams, uh, out of the division winners, and I think possibly out of the wild card, depending on who wins that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do. I think the Astros are better than them. Um, and yeah, I mean they haven't really had any competition in that division. I mean, the Indians are like the closest thing and they're nothing special. So no hit three times. Yeah. Um, there they actually have a series coming up against the Yankees, the Indians. Um, Yankees Maybe have, uh, throw no hitter. Yeah. Yankees have uh, an easy schedule coming up. So uh, if there's a time to get back on track, that's right now, but you never know with this team. So, but you know, I'm trying just, to read just, up on this Manning. What are you reading up on? What? No, you go. Oh, it was okay. completely off topic. Oh, okay. 
just going back to the Blue Jays and everything that you said, I sent you a text last night, and I'm going to double down on it right now. I think Shohei Otani was the MVP, and I was sure of it, but, man, his numbers are, have not, are not as impressive offensively as they were about a month or two ago, and Vladdy's just keep getting better. So uh, while his war numbers are better, and we obviously know he's a two-way player and he's dynamic, he can steal bases, he can do it all, we can't just ignore a guy who might could quite possibly win the triple crown. I mean, he leads the MLB in MLB or AL, whichever one I forgot, um, in runs, hits, total bases, uh, homers, OPS, slugging, like unbelievable numbers, batting average in the AL. Um, Vlad's got a 6.1 war, and that's just, you know, obviously. Yeah. In defense and, and Shohei pitching and hitting is 7.7. Right. I don't think there's any question that Vlad is, you know, the better offensive player here. And I just want to pull up Shohei because you're right. I was looking about a month ago when his numbers fell off and he, he has fell off a little bit here. Otani, he's obviously great. But yeah, you know, the, the OPS is 972. The on base has kind of been low. It's It always has it's been sitting around 360. Mm-hmm. Um, the slugging is unbelievable at 611. But you're you're right. I I don't know. It's tough. He also steals bases too. This guy. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. And you know, Otani's pitching numbers aren't. They they went they spiked a little bit. His ERA is around three three. His ERA is three three six right now. So um, right now, if you had a vote, if you had a vote right now, who would you vote for? I mean, obviously, I think Otani's more valuable to his team because he's he's a one of the most feared hitters in the MLB. And then obviously he can pitch. Um, so I always have this debate in my head is the most valuable player, the most valuable player, or is it just the best season? Like statistically that year. So if I'm going most valuable player, I'm picking Otani. If I'm just going off numbers and who cares about the value to the team, um, I'm picking Vlad. I don't know who I would go with right now. I'll I'll cast my vote for Otani, but I think things can change in two weeks. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I mean, I, I hate to usually put this into account because um, I don't really believe in this. I think in baseball, it's a team sport, and you certainly cannot carry a team. But the fact that the Blue Jays are making this run right now and are in the playoffs and are relevant right now um, – I certainly that that doesn't necessarily factor into mine, but I think that will help Vladdy's case. Right, you know, I, I kind of believe that it should have some. I, I think if you're that good, if you're the MVP of the league, if you're considered the best player, you better be moving the needle for your team. You better be making your team better as much as it is a team yeah, sport. Yeah, but Shohei, um, but my counter to that would be Shohei does make his team better. It's just the players around him are not nearly as talented as the guys you see in Toronto. I mean, he doesn't, where's his George Spring, uh, Trout's hurt. Where's his George Springer? Where's his Marcus Simeon? Where's his Robbie Ray? Like, yeah, they No, you're, it's you're not 100% right. But he is, Vlad is making a difference. I, they're not, you know, this team isn't in a wild card spot without him. Oh, 100%. I also think the so, Angels are probably awful without Otani. Yes. 
Uh, this is going to be an interesting race as, as much as the, the NL Cy Young is too. We're going all over the place in Major League Baseball. Yeah. But the NL Cy Young Award race is unbelievable. Max Scherzer is, and you brought it up a couple of a week ago or so, that we should be considering Max Scherzer as one of the all-time greats. You're absolutely right about that. He's unbelievable. He he's six and zero with like a point eight eight ERA yeah. since he's gotten traded to the to, to the Dodgers. Unfathomable. He's been that good, and um, I I think God Corbin <laughs> Burns has been really good. I flip flop every day. I'm gonna say sure right now. I'm gonna say Scherzer. I'm gonna say sure Scherzer. Yeah, sure. I love Scherzer. Um, he's been my favorite pitcher in baseball for a while. Um, I just love everything about the guy. Um, and like you said, the resume, the, uh, the resume is ridiculous. The career resume, he's, he's thrown a no-hitter. He almost threw a perfect game the other day. He should have thrown a perfect game against the Pirates <laughs> when Jose Tabata leaned into that pitch. But 20-strikeout game, I mean, three Cy Youngs, a Cy Young in each league, World Series, like he, his resume is off the charts. Um and he is having a fantastic season. And I think he could, and if he keeps pitching like this, he he could edge out uh, Corbin Burns, but Corbin Burns' numbers are so good. I mean, he's leading in almost every category. And the categories he's not, the two or three categories he's not, Scherzer has. Um, I think Scherzer's got him in ERA, he's got him in whip, and he's got him in hit per nine. But Burns has um, FIP, ERA plus, um, strikeout per nine walk strikeout to walk you know all those all these new advanced stats that a lot of the voters are, are looking at yeah all all those other stats so it, it certainly is close um who would you say i would say it's 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 16 to like 16 to 14 you know this 31st place vote so 16 to 14 17 to 13 something like that corbin burns right now okay yeah, I, I think it's also I think it's impressive doing it with two teams as well, being this dominant. Oh, yes. You know, I think that's got a factor into it as well. And he's mm-hmm. helping them down the stretch as, as much as he can. I mean, there's not much to help there in LA. But do you see this Cody Bellinger stuff? The guy's batting 172. Awful. Not to flip flop again, but there's a lot to get to. So we we get yeah. we kind of got to move a little bit. Um he's batting 172. Dave Roberts, you know, during over the weekend was sitting him because um he just needed a mental break or something, I, I mm. guess. But what a fall from grace, man. I know. I mean, this guy's winning an MVP, Rookie of the Year, everything like this, um, everything like that. And all of a sudden, now he just falls off a cliff. I mean, he, last year, he was a big part of their World Series run, hit that, hit a big home run last year in the postseason um, against the Braves. And then did he hit a, a home run in the World, in the Game 6 of the World Series, too? I'm not fully aware of that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. But, um, yeah, like you said, talk about a fall from grace. Uh, and, and the fact that – that just shows you how good this team is, though, that their star player is having an awful season and they're, you know, 40 games over 500 or whatever they are. And Betts started off the season not so good, but he's, you know, back to be Mookie Betts. Right. So, up there. I mean, you look at those rotations between the Dodgers and the – Brewers, and you have six guys who are like Cy Young talent pitchers, which is insane. And that's not counting uh, Mr. Trevor Bauer, who's not coming back this year. But yeah, Mr. Trevor a, a one, a one through three of Scherzer, Bueller, and Kershaw, and then uh, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. That's just insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. 
And we don't get to talk about Woodruff because of Burns, but his numbers are not too far away from Burns's. A couple of weeks ago, maybe even like three weeks ago, he was the Cy Young. Yeah. It, it's really flip-flopped. It was Woodruff. It was, it was DeGrom. It was Wheeler. It was Woodruff. It was Wheeler. Bueller. Wheeler's completely fell off. Bueller. For, it was Bueller for a little while now, and now I think it's, you know, and we finally got the two. Right. Did you see that stat about DeGrom with his war numbers? Yes, I did see that. Let me just pull it up quick. So the top five leaders in F war fan graphs war for MLB pitchers. I know um, war isn't, you know, that accurate with pitchers, but Corbin Burns has a 7.1. Zach Wheeler is a 6.5. Garrett Cole is a 5.2. Max Scherzer is a 5.2. That's all in 158 innings or more. DeGrom in 92 innings is a 4.9 war. That's amazing. Miss, miss him dearly. Hopefully everything is okay with him. And, uh, he is good. What's this breaking news? MLB players will not be mandated to get the COVID vaccine. Issue is a non-starter in negotiations. Okay, so that's just a little NBA news. That's the only NBA you'll get until the season starts. But um, what else? What else we got? I had something well, to ask just, about the Yankees. Just talking about races in baseball, the, the every single award, Cy Young and MVP and AL and NL, there's nothing that's like set in stone. At all. Who's the ALM? Oh, we just talked about the AL MVP. I'm I think so I think everybody talks about the AL MVP, obviously. And then we talk about the Cy Youngs, but I feel like it kind of gets like swept under the rug with the NL MVP. It's not and, and it's certainly not over this race. Um we talked about it last week. Tatis is really good, but I think Soto's right there. Um, I I tell you right now, I think it's Soto. Yeah. That's I my mean, guy. I I think it's Soto. Soto's having a fantastic season. So we, you had brought, and it's funny because we were talking about, you know, Muncie, Tatis, Harper, and those guys are unbelievable. And then you brought up Soto and I'm, I was looking at the numbers and he had another nice weekend and just like, yeah, give it to the best player. Cause right. the, you know, there's been injuries with a lot of the top guys and, you know, it's just, it makes no sense to give it to one of those guys when you have the clear best numbers, best stat line, it's, it's to, it's Soto. Just give it to him. I think uh, I think Bryce Harper's throwing his hat in the ring here. I mean, he's been unbelievable, especially the past two weeks. I'd uh, say it's Harper too. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers right now. It's really close. Um, yeah, I, I think Tatis kind of slipped down the rankings a little bit. His numbers dipped slightly. Um, he also hasn't played that many games, but his war his he still has the highest uh, B WAR out of all these guys. So, I don't know. It's tough. Soto, it's Soto or uh, it's like a three-way tie for me right now. I honestly don't know who to pick between Soto, Harper, and Tatis. I'd like to see Harper do it. Um, it makes me look are it, insane. It would make me look right, um, considering I picked him to win it. But and we drafted him in our fantasy. And we drafted him in fantasy. Yeah, but um, yeah. And then um, the last award is the AL Cy Young. And it, it kind of got a little messy this past week because Robbie Ray didn't have his best start against the Orioles and Garrett Cole was taken out of the game against the Blue Jays with that hamstring injury. But he's pitching tonight on the road against Baltimore. Um, they better win that game. I mean, they're facing – I forgot the guy's first name. Wells, he has a 7-1-5 ERA. Um, so this, this should should be a good start for Cole tonight and should be a win for the Yankees. Um, and it, if, if even with the numbers right now with Cole missing and Robbie Ray taking the lead in innings and strikeouts, um, I'm still going with Cole. 
His uh, I'm trying to compare the two numbers now. His whip, his whip, his uh, strikeout for nine, all, all that stuff is still ahead of Rays. So Garrett Cole's got the strikeout per nine on the season against the leader ever in strikeout per nine. Really? Who? Robbie Wright. Oh, you mean, yeah. Like this year. Sorry. Right. I should I get, yeah, no, that. I get what you mean. Yeah, so uh, this is the fun part of baseball right now, um, except when your team is playing crappy. But as a baseball fan, this is a really, really good time. Um, all these playoff races, uh, wild card races, the divisional races are really done except for in the um, NL West. The AL is basically sealed up. Um but the NL West and the NL East is still somewhat in the air. But yeah, I think the NL East definitely is not tough. as not as much of a divisional race as we're used to. It's you. It's usually a little tighter across the league. I'm gonna say the NL East is done. I, I think that's the that's the Braves. Yeah, it is mid September right now. I don't think Philadelphia is gonna overtake them. Question: Why didn't Garrett Cole win the Cy Young in 2019? Yeah, and I don't, I don't. Justin Verlander had a, a a great year that year, but Garrett Cole had what do you have? 326 strikeouts or something like that. Yes, compared to Verlander's 300. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, the both way, of the, I mean this isn't. Listen, it's not that they're not. You know, the fact that that was their rotation that. that year though was is insane that they had both those guys. And is Verlander done? Like, what what is his deal? Oh, I don't think he's coming back this year. Yeah, but I, he's, I mean, what is he, 39 now or something? He should just go retire with Kate Upton. You know, go live your life with Kate Upton. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, Quick question before we break. Uh, honest opinion, the, the Yankees are moving um, Gleyber Torres to second. They're moving Gio Urshela to short, and they're moving uh, DJ LeMayu to third. Uh, which one do you want in the offseason? Would you want Baez? Would you want Correa, Seager, Story? Which shortstop do you want? Because I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that one of those guys is going to be a Yankee. Who would you want? Um, I'm I'm going to want Seager. Uh, I'm guessing that's the one you were just talking about. But uh, What do you mean? What do you mean just talking about? You said it's a foregone conclusion that he's a Yankee. Are you talking about Corey Seager? Oh, I'm just saying one of them is going to be a Yankee. Oh, I'm okay. Um, Semyon, too. Semyon. Semyon is nobody. Yeah. He, I want the Mets to bring him in, play yeah. him at second or third base. So hopefully this move with Glaber, I don't know, maybe mentally it was messing him up, him playing shortstop. So hopefully we get second base Glaber we're used to in terms of defense and especially the offense is what I'm kind of talking about here. But, uh, right. Yeah, I, this Yankees offseason is going to be really interesting. They're going to someone's going to get traded. I think multiple people get traded. I think guys who are most likely to get traded this offseason, I think you might see Luke Voigt leave. I think there's a slight chance, slight chance you see Gio Urshela's gone. Um, I think Aaron Hicks could be on the move. I think even, um, what was I just about to say? Even Glaber, I really believe even Glaber could be on the move this offseason. So I don't know, but um, nothing would shock me. About yeah, that. but but his defense. I mean, he made a couple errors against the in, in the Mets series. So yeah, Glaber's time. I think this whole shortstop thing is clear that it's not going to work out. And I really do hope that that takes the stress off him a little bit. Maybe he was pressing too much. And um, I he mean, what better out of the plate. What better way to do it than move him to second base? And now he gets to go play the Orioles um, and, and kind of hopefully recapture his uh, 20, uh, 
19 season where he was basically 1100 OPS. Yeah. No, it was higher than it was like it was like 1300 or so. It was like 1400. That's crazy. Um, very quickly, um, the Mets, would you bring Baez back or no? At the right price and the right, you know, uh, no, I would I wouldn't bring him back. Um, I, like I was just about to say, at the right price and whatever, yes, but I, I don't. I'm still not the biggest Baez lover. Um, I don't love the, the, his style of, of play, and the way he's just so impatient and stuff like that. I think he's a good player, but I, personally, I wouldn't want to bring him back because I think you're going to have to give him a decently sized contract. And considering you're already paying Lindor the money you're you're paying him. I wouldn't give that much money to Baez. Like I'm talking over 20 million. I'm guessing that's something that he's going to get. He's not going to get in the thirties, but I would guess the twenties. Um, but no, I, w- I would not bring him back. He's so exciting. He's, he's something else. The pay- He's actually been a little more patient since he's come off the IL. I, I uh, thought he just swung at a pitch, like a foot off the plate last night or something like that. Yesterday. Yeah. But yeah. um. I don't know. I'm indifferent with him. I, you know what, you know what scares me the most about thinking about bringing him back. The years. I don't. If it was, if if it was possible to get him on a two or three year deal, I would do it. But I, I don't want this guy. You know, for five, six, yeah. Seven, see, I don't, th- I don't know how possible that is. I think you're gonna see something in like five or six years. I think the only thing I'm holding out on is maybe he doesn't get the contract he likes and he comes back on a one-year deal. I would absolutely take that. But if, again, if I want I'm, the Mets to fill out the, the roster for the future. So I, I don't know, but for the short term, I, I like them. Listen, if the Mets could go out and, you know, go to pick any shortstop they want, that would be nice, but obviously they can't, but well, they um, did that. Yeah, they did that, but I think you know they, they need a second base. Uh, the, the plan is that they would put somebody at second base. Obviously, yeah. Lindor's their shortstop. But what I was just about to say is, if I'm the Mets, I'm throwing everything in Marcus Semien. I think that's a perfect fit for them. It's a guy who's obviously or used to playing second base. He's playing second base for Toronto right now. He'd play third if you need him. I too. think you could still, believe it or not, with the season he's having, I think you could still get him for cheap. Um, I, I still cheaper think- than Baez. Or cheaper than Bryant, too. I think, yes, definitely cheaper than Bryant. So, I think Marcus Semyon would fit in perfectly to this team. And that's the guy that I would have circled in my offseason plans. And I also think they need to go out and address one of the outfield positions. I think Conforto's coming back. Um, Definitely, you have a massive hole in left field right now when you mm-hmm. have to play Dom Smith or Jeff McNeil. And, and uh, Dom Smith hasn't seen the field in a while. Right. It's been mostly Jeff McNeil, and it's almost an auto out. So, yeah, I would like to see them bring in a Starling Marte, throw him in center, and move Nimmo over to left and, and deal with Conforto and right. Hopefully he has a bounce-back year. He's, he's had a nice um, second half, so hopefully that continues. But he's so streaky if they were to move off, move off from him. I would be okay if I was the general manager, I would move off of him. But I think my prediction is that he'll be the right fielder next year. I think that's enough. That's enough baseball for that's, sure. That is enough baseball. That was about a half an hour of baseball. I know. The, uh, there's a lot of Mets fans going, doing, pulling their best John Boy impression and uh, going off on this Yankee whistling thing. I haven't uh, looked at it yet. It's been sent to me a bunch of times, though. So I got to, nice. I got I to gotta check it out. I'll check it out when I have more time. Later. Just all right, but, real uh, quick before we go and this. 
Um, this whole whistling thing, even if the whistling thing is uh, pitch tipping and they were letting the players know what pitches were coming, that's not – to me, that's not shady. Like, they're – you're tipping your pitches. That's that's on you. The Yankees aren't – don't have a guy in center field zooming in on the signs with the camera and it's relaying in the clubhouse and they're, they're whistling out to the players like the Astros did. Like, it's not like that. Like, they're – No, it's completely different. Seeing it straight up on the field. But it's – there's a – there's what I've seen now is that there's multiple occasions of the whistling right before the pitch and – it's they're doing their own breakdowns. I don't know. I don't believe right. it. A Rod did say that the oh, whistling. I don't give a is, crap anything A Rod says. I know. Usually I don't, but I've heard it from a couple of former players now that the whistling from the dugout is not respected. It's not. They don't like that. So that that's why the, whether or not he was tipping his pitches, whatever he's tipping his pitches, that's right. on him. That's on the, the team and, and the signs, whatever it is. You know, the Yankees have every right to, you know, call that out and, and, you know, deal with that. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's it's interesting. I don't think it'll be a story, but it's I'll look at this on Twitter. It'll it'll blow over. Most right. likely. So let's let's break quick. There's a lot of football to do. It's going to be a little long episode. Yeah. Uh, so, so we will be right back. The s and Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at snthepodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. Back episode 33. We're going to break down some of the week one matchups. Of course, it was a very exciting weekend. And uh, we got to talk about the Giants there. Week two matchups. So we're going to get that in a little bit. Let's start with over the, how the weekend went. You were in Carolina. You had a very nice weekend. Uh, you saw Zach Wilson's first ever start against Sam Darnold. So I'm going to leave the floor to you here. Yeah. Um, Zach looked pretty good. Um, offensive line did not. Guy was running for his life, got off to a horrible start. Um, and as I'm sitting there at halftime, I'm like, you know, I'm going to the game this weekend too. You're coming. Um, but I'm like, do I even want to go to this game now? Like, this is like, are we, are we that? Are, is, is this, is this 20? Uh, the 2020 Jets lose that game by 30 points. No question. They don't so, score. They don't score no, 14. They points. don't score. So the game actually ended up not being that bad for the jets um the offensive line was brutal obviously the becton injury is is really tough lamarcus joiner's out for the year now so yeah not and definitely this team's been hit by the injury bug earlier between those two and then obviously carl lawson and jared davis is out until about week seven or something like that so hasn't been good but yeah wilson didn't look bad um he made a rookie mistake on that uh pick that he threw he also made a that couple, was a bad play he also made a couple rookie mistakes where i think his worst play of the game was when he broke a sack scrambled around could have just scrambled out thrown the ball away but insisted he actually put the ball in his left hand and tucked it like he was a runner and was still trying to run around all these uh panthers defenders and he ended up getting sacked for about a 10 yard loss so that that i think was him being a rookie and trying to, you know, make him get a touchdown every time he touches the ball, you know, he's got to be smarter than that, but you learn from those moments. Um, so Wilson looked good. And I think Corey Davis also looked very good. 
Corey Davis looked good. You know, I, I was saying it yesterday, and I'm I'm not comparing the two players at all. You know, Wilson. You know, their talent level, Wilson and Mahomes. But Sam Darnold, you know, with that offensive line, we saw it all last year. Right. You know, we saw how ineffective he was, and 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 it's really tough to be, you know, productive with a good offensive line with a bad offensive line. Excuse mm. me. And and Wilson, who wasn't great, but with a bad offensive line, was making plays, getting out of the pocket, being able to throw the ball. He's much more athletic than Darnold. He's got the better arm. I think you just see a completely different quarterback, and I think you see a quarterback that is, you know, going to be able to – he'll be able to win you games. He's not going to be one of those game managers. He, You know, he'll – in a bad situation, he'll make it work. And he's in a – I don't think he's in a great situation right now, but when he gets into – when they really start putting a lot more, you know, better players around him, you're really going to see this guy shine. I think yesterday, I think week one showed me that this guy is going to be legit just because he can make it happen on his own if he has to. We, we saw it. Right. And the thing that you hope is this team gets better as the season goes on. I mean, obviously, they're not going to come out week one with a brand new coach, brand new quarterback, all, all these brand new coordinators, new uh, like a bunch of different roster moves and stuff like that. I mean, for example, Marcus May is the longest tenure jet. That just shows you how quickly this roster is changing. But yeah, you're not going to expect them to come out week one on the road and, you know, look like a well-oiled machine. So um, I don't think they're going to look like that all year. This team is not going to be good. You know, I think they're at the most a six, seven win team. Um but, yeah, you, you just want to see improvements as the season goes on. You want to see Wilson getting more and more comfortable. You Hopefully the offensive line plays better. Obviously, like I said, it's going to be tough with Becton out. But um, thank God they signed Morgan Moses. I think him and Fant will be able to handle it somewhat um, and be able to make up for Becton a little. But, uh, yeah, um, I was about to make a point about Wilson. Oh, okay, so comparing Wilson to Darnold, something that I noticed – and it wasn't just because Darnold was playing for the Panthers where I saw them playing at the same time. And I noticed it. I just noticed it from watching Wilson. He had a lot of plays where he was scrambling and extending the play and stuff like that. And I always wondered, and a lot of Jets fans wondered this, why did Darnold not do that more? Because that's kind of part of the scouting report that we got from Darnold. He's very accurate on the run. He can, um, you know, extend plays and everything like that. The difference between Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold is their overall, it's not even, it's not teachable. It's their, their, their feel for the game and their pocket presence. Because when I look at Sam Darnold in the pocket, I see he's a little jittery and, you know, you might be able to blame that on him having a bad offensive line and him getting hit a lot in his career. But I also think it's just who he is. Um, he doesn't look all that comfortable in the pocket. And he, he takes a lot of sacks. And I think Wilson has that type of that, that sixth sense where he knows where the pressure is coming from and he knows when to escape. And he always, even when he is trying to escape, he's always keeping his eyes downfield. He looks very poised. So I'm very pleased from, um, with that from Zach. And um, yeah, I, I think, like you said, he's not going to be like a game manager type guy. He can certainly win you games. Yeah. I, if I'm a Jeff fan, and it looked terrible. I mean, I was watching that game. It looked awful. Mm. Uh, and they they made it. Listen, they, they made it interesting. And you're not looking for wins, like you said. You're just looking for this guy to continually get better and to, and to look good. And that was 
I think that's what you saw. He got better throughout the game, and they won the second half. You know, Darnold, right. Darnold's numbers look good, and he he did, he was a little impressive. You know, he made a, a couple of impressive plays, but most of all, you had said it, dump downs. You know, when you have McCaffrey and, right. and those weapons, it's pretty easy to be able to win a game. So, and and that in the first quarter, you know, it, it felt like, or even just the first half, the Panthers should have been winning that game by at least three possessions. Yeah. It should not have been nine nothing at halftime or whatever it was. Um, even on the first drive of the game, they were getting seven yards a clip on every play. It seemed like, but they had a couple um, penalties and just misfortune plays. So the the Panthers, I feel like, uh, didn't capitalize the way they should have, and um, that game ended up being way closer. Like you said, the Jets won the second half. They played better in the second half. The Jets really just won the fourth quarter. The offense finally clicked in the fourth quarter. Wilson threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, um, can I, I ask you something? Right at the end of the third, whatever it was. Nobody's been able to answer this question. Where, why is Denzel Mims coming in? in, in the, yeah, you know, the I'm not surprised by this at all. And I had this conversation, I guess it wasn't with you. I just remember over the offseason talking about this with Denzel Mims, and I was just a little worried about his fit into this new Jets offense because. You know, in San Francisco, which is basically what the Jets model their offense off of, it's a lot of, you know, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, they're athletic guys. They're not huge um, Kenny Galladay type guys. I think that's more of where Mims is, where you you try and throw them open. I I think they're more, you know, run after catch guys, um, run a good route tree kind of a thing. And I was worried about that with Mims because Mims was a very raw when he came out of school. Um, you know, people saw the, the, the talent the the frame, the numbers, you know, in terms of the 40 yard dash and all the combine stats and everything like that. And they saw the potential out of this guy and, you know, he, he, he's not fully developed yet a, because of that, he was very raw coming out of college and B, I just don't know how much he fits into this depth chart and into this offensive scheme because now you have Elijah Moore you have Corey Davis you have James and Crowder they signed Keelan Cole you have even Braxton Berrios was getting valuable time right there so Vincent Smith was getting more snaps than Denzel Mims so that's I'm I'm sitting there saying and Jeff fans had really you know hyped this this guy was hyped up he was a second round pick yeah and I'm like where where the hell is he and Sala came out yesterday and said basically you know, he doesn't know all three positions well enough yet to where they can be throwing him out there for a lot of snaps, you know, in terms of right. playing outside, playing in the slot, you know, everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, um, it sucks that he's not out there and it would be a, a damn shame if this is how it is where he just doesn't really fit into this team because you obviously used a valuable pick on him last year. But, um yeah, just unfortunate. Hopefully, Elijah Moore turns out to be a good receiver. So that kind of messed the the whole Denzel Mims situation. Right. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about uh, Elijah Moore there. Um, what else we got with the Jets? Uh, so we're gonna be there. Very excited. Um, on Sunday, uh, battle of the two rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones and uh, Zach Wilson. So that should be. I was thinking that too. I was like, because again, it wasn't the Jets were playing, you know, pretty bad in that first half, and I was like. Is he even going to want to go next week? Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Because I get it that way about the Mets sometimes. When I buy tickets, you know, a week or two in advance, I'll be like, I don't even want to go anymore. 
you know, there was one, I forgot what possession it was, but there was one point where the Panthers like score they're you know, leading by 10 or whatever. And the jets had like a three and out. It was like fourth and 20 or something. And I was like, they still hadn't basically got the ball past the 50 yard line. And that's when it hit me when I was like, Oh my God, like I, I'm really going to go see this team next week. Um, but like a repeat said, of the next yeah. season. Like we said, though, they uh, they turned it around. And I had to kind of check myself a little there because obviously it's week one. You're, you As an NFL fan, you go in, and as a Jet fan myself, I'm trying to set my expectations low, and I have. But no matter how low I, expect, I, I set my expectations, there's always that thing in your head that says, you know, maybe maybe we're better than we think. You never know. Maybe Zach Wilson has the freaking best rookie quarterback season ever and this and that. So you're, you're always hoping for the best. Um, but yeah, I had to kind of check myself a little there and be like, okay, relax. We're, I'm, I'm not expecting playoffs this year. Don't get too upset about this game right now. Right. You want to talk about repeats of last year and getting upset and possible expectations. Why don't we just flip over to the other side of town? I mean, yeah. Come on. You know, being a Giants fan has not been easy. You know, I mean, I get to fall back on the Super Bowl that I remember, you know, and, and it's great. And I and I love that memory of that 2011, 2011. Like, I got nothing. I, I have just losing. Right. They haven't had a They haven't had a – did you see the stat? They haven't had a winning record since that 2016 season like even in week one like they haven't started out one and one two and one but not even that when you look when when you look at it the giants and the jets past decade has been very similar i mean obviously the giants have that super bowl but that makes it all better but the giants the record wise that was 2011 and they won the super bowl in february of 2012 right yes so the Jets' last good season was the year they won 11-5, and five, lost in the AFC Championship to the Steelers. That was the 2010 season, and they lost in January of 2011. So that's a season before the Giants won that Super Bowl. And since then, the, it's been very similar. I mean, the Jets had that year with Fitzpatrick where they went 10-6. and six, They just missed the playoffs. The Giants, a year later, had that season with um, – or two years later, actually, I think, right? Because that was Brandon Marshall went to the Giants. Thing. It was 2016 the Giants went to the playoffs. Oh, and then they signed Marshall. Mar- they signed Marshall yes. the year after. Okay, yeah. Yes. So 2016, the year after the Jets had that 10 6 season, the Giants go 11 and 5, 10 and 6, whatever it was. They lose in the wild card to the Packers. Um, and that's been it. So, yeah, for both these teams, the past decade, there's been one winning season and everything else has been crap. Disgusting. Yeah. Embarrassing. Especially, especially the last four years, five years. The Giants have been worse than everybody else the last four years yeah i think they i think i, I think it's clinched now over the last four years they have the worst record right at home they've been terrible at home you know it's it's been and i'm sitting here saying the only reason why i'm going to the game week three is because of eli right. especially if, if they lose on thursday night which we'll get to in a little bit if they lose on thursday night to the redskins and the, the football team and, and taylor heineke then i i don't even know what's gonna happen you know week well, two yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of bad things going on. Everything we've been saying about the Giants coming into the season and what we were worried about sort of happened on Sunday. Um, I'm not. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree. How are you going to the offensive line and the, off, the offensive line didn't play terribly on on um Saquon Sunday. Like they actually yards. played good. 
that, um, you know, PFF rated their run blocking like 15th or 16th, which I was shocked with because they couldn't, you know, run the ball. But the pass blocking was a lot better. Andrew Thomas played well. Um, so, yeah, they couldn't run the ball. I think that was a mixture of, of both Saquon and the line, though. I, I Again, I was shocked with the grade they got. I wasn't upset with the offensive line. I was upset with the defense, and I was upset with the play calling. You know, the, the fact that the defense played that badly against the Teddy Bridgewater was embarrassing. Yeah. Patrick Graham, Joe Judge, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury especially should be embarrassed with their performance. And I, I, I'm expecting a big performance. They better you know, have a, a big-time performance on Thursday night. But they couldn't get off the field on third down if their life depended on it. And the Broncos controlled the clock. They controlled the ball. And, you know, that's what happened. <laughs> that's why they lost. You know, when Jones had the football, they they were kind of moving the ball a little bit. Daniel Jones had the one fumble where he was trying to get a first down, down 10 um, inside the uh, – he was inside the 20 at that point, and he fumbles. It was a terrible, terrible play. He's got to slide there. But other than that, I thought Jones played fine. Uh, Barkley, again, he didn't look ready. I don't know why he played. He did not look ready. Right. We were all excited. He couldn't do anything. Uh, Shepard played great. Galladay was good when they were throwing to him. They, I thought the, I thought the play calling was terrible. They were averaging two yards a run on first down and eight yards every pass on first down. And late in the game, when you're down a couple of scores at that point, why are you still running the ball? Yeah. Um, I just got, I got to ask you a question about Jones here. So you said, obviously, you said he didn't play, um, bad. You know, he played fine. But if that's the way he plays all year, where where do you think this team will go? If, you know, you say he had a, he had a good season, he played fine, you know, because I think that's what he's going to be at the most. I don't think he's ever, we're ever going to consider him like a top 10 quarterback. Like, I think he'll just be – I think his ceiling is essentially like, um, like a Derek Carr. I think that's his right. ceiling. So, so – like Where do you factors... factor in there? And by the way, um, I at the same time, it's funny. I I do not. I think Derek Carr, like he played. I think he played awful last night. But anyways, let's go ahead. Um, it's a, is the defense playing well? You know, do they have some sort of running game in in that scenario? That you're saying? Um, yeah, the line's not bad. Um, it's it's like the twentieth offensive line in the league. The running game's okay. Saquon has a thousand yards. That's it. You know, no, he doesn't have a twelve hundred yards. He has like a thousand yards. I I think that's a team that missed the playoffs. I think Jones. I think the Giants will look to upgrade quarterback. I don't know if they'll be able to. I like. I think I've said Jones is going to have a a better year, um, uh, but I don't know if it'll be enough. Right. And I think they'll look to upgrade a quarterback if they can. They're going to have two first round picks. Um, whether they draft the quarterback, I think that Bears pick is going to be high. Yeah, you got to be um, excited from that Sunday night football game. Well, they're disgusting. I, I always thought I always thought the Bears are going to be really bad this year. Right. Like, I, I think, think the Rams are going to be really good pick. too. I think you know. So I think we're going to. I'm petrified of the Rams if I'm a big time team in the NFC. Right. But um, yeah, I, I think the Giants will look to upgrade quarterback. Whether it's with a trade too, you're going to have two first round picks. Right. So they could definitely make a trade. Um, but. 
I don't know. I just – it looked more of the same from last year, and last year was pretty disgusting offensively. So if Jason Garrett's got to go at some point, I was happy about him being the offensive coordinator when he was here, when he was brought here. I was happy about him even coming into this year. I thought he'd, I thought he'd be better. I thought he'd be more creative, and he wasn't. Canarius Tony played five snaps. What the hell is that? Come on. What, what, what are we doing? So yeah. a lot's got to be better uh, with this team. I'm going to predict they come out and win on Thursday night. I think that that performance was disgusting, and I don't think that – especially defensively. Like, that's not that. They, they're a good defensive team. I think they're going to be a lot better defensively. I think it's going to be ugly, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to say the Giants get the win on Thursday. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's – I think it'll be a good game. I, I do think the uh, that Washington wins that game. Um I think that defense is, you know, the, the Giants weren't moving the ball much against the Broncos. I don't know how they're going to be able to move it against Washington. Um, you want to kind of do a, you know, we'll, we'll go over our picks from last week, see how we did. And at the same time, we'll, you know, address each game. So, oh, yeah, that's a perfect idea. Let's, uh, let's take a look. Let, at let's that. start it off with the Bills. This is that's the yeah. first game I have on my thing. I took the Bills. For, this is going to be ugly. I, I mean, I went over it. I, I did not do well this week. Um, oh I had the Bills minus six and a half. I thought this was a, a decently easy pick, actually. Um, the Steelers, I was not high on them coming into this year. I, to be honest with you, I'm still not that high on them. Um, but, yeah, the, the Bills, it was a weird game. The Josh Allen did not look very good, actually. So, I mean, I know it's a great defense, but yeah, Bills minus six and a half. They don't cover, they actually lose. So yeah, I lost that one too. Um, I I, I agree with you. I thought it was gonna be easy. I thought um Pittsburgh's offense wasn't gonna be able to do anything against that defense. And I'm gonna say this. I thought Buffalo's defense played pretty well. I think they looked like an improved uh improved unit, like we had thought. That's what a lot of people that's the reason why people were picking them to take that next step was because they thought the defense would be improved. Right. I thought it was. They scored seven points off of a blocked punt. Um, but, yeah, Pittsburgh surprised us. I thought Allen – Allen didn't look good, but he still showed those signs like he's still a, that guy. You know? Right. If I'm a Bills fan, uh, I'm actually um... – I would say I'd be more concerned if the Bills lost and the offense looked good and the defense looked bad. I think the fact that the offense didn't look good but the defense did, I I, I wouldn't be that worried because I think that offense is, you know, Josh Allen's too good. That offense is too talented. Um, and it is the beginning of the year. Sometimes, you know, it, teams got off to bad starts and they did play a very good defense. So I think that's, that's just, arguably the best defense in the league. Right. So they were just kind of shaking the rust off maybe there. And um, I wouldn't get too caught up in that. Um, we just we're went over the Jet game. There. What'd you say? We, we're both 0-1 there. Both 0-1. Yes. We just went over the Jet game. I believe you had Carolina, right? Yeah, Carolina minus three and a half. Yeah, I had the Jets plus three and a half. Um, they almost covered. They went for two at the end and didn't get it. So, Jets lose 19-14. So, I'm 0-2. Um, that Texans game, who'd you pick in that? I had the Texans. I did also have the Texans. I had the Texans plus three. Um, one of the biggest blowouts of the weekend, actually. Um, Trevor Lawrence threw three picks. Tyrod Taylor made a couple nice plays, aired it out a little bit. He looked bit, good, threw, Ty- Tyrod yeah, Taylor. threw two deep shots to Brandon Cooks. So kind of like we predicted, said that, um, you know, I think this Jaguars team is still, we both think it's a bad team still. Um, 
you know, the, the future is somewhat bright with Lawrence, but they have a long ways to go. And I think um, experience and, and um, the amount of veterans that te- the Texans have kind of helped them win that game on Sunday. Yeah. Good for David Cully. You know, he's been uh, criticized that that choice has been criticized. He gets his first win there. Uh, seems like a nice guy. Yeah. So um, have you I don't seen this a job. with Urban Meyer now? Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about this. Do you actually think that he's gonna leave to go to USC? You want my honest opinion? Yeah. Yes, I think he's gonna leave. Oh my god! No he's... way. So uh, what's uh, why am I blanking on his name? Clay Helton, right? Yeah. Clay Helton was fired from USC. Um, they haven't been good in a while, and um, he just wasn't cutting it. They fired him. A lot of people thought he was going to get fired after the year. They did it now. Um, and that's all, that's been rumored to be Urban Meyer's dream job. I'm almost positive he's from over there. And a lot of his uh, people from uh, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, where he was just coaching with Ohio State, a lot of his friends and family say that uh, he's seriously thinking about it. I, I heard that this is the rumor. He'll cite health issues, leave move out there and then take the job for next year. That's the rumor I heard, but um, he's been like this, you know, he, he just is, that's the kind of guy he is. A lot of people don't like him. I happen to like him for some reason. I, I've always been drawn to him. I think he's a great coach. Uh, I thought he would be successful in, in Jacksonville. I still think he will if he stays, but my prediction is that he will leave and go take that job in USA. That would be insane. And yeah, like you were just saying about urban Meyer, there's been rumors already that like their ownership or whoever is not happy with the way he's he's not happy con- conducted himself. He's not happy. Um, he's had I heard out- he's not happy. He's had like outbursts, and they say he can't handle losing. Like he's like a, just crazy when he loses. He goes on like these like tantrums and everything like that. So, but the yeah. funny part is he goes to USC. Listen, yeah, he'll recruit easily. You know when he gets there. But they're going to have a losing season or two. Like, this team isn't close over there at USC. Right. So he's going to – he'll leave this job to basically rebuild a program. And a lot of people – I saw Mike Lombardi, former GM. He works for the Ringer now. He said, listen, of course the, the college job is better. You get paid more and you have much more control. You're the GM. You're the, you know, player – director of player personnel. Right. And you're the coach. But that's going to be a lot more work for him. Right. Um. Uh, yeah, and – you know, in, in Jacksonville, coaching NFL versus coaching college is different. Maybe, you know, NFL players have bigger egos than college players. They're getting paid millions of dollars. They're not trying to make it to the NFL and, and just on scholarship and whatnot. So maybe he's uh, he's just not up for it. A lot of guys come over that are great college coaches. They come to the NFL, and they're, they just can't handle it. So. I didn't love the hiring. I know you did. Um, I, I, I don't feel as I don't feel as great right now because right. Of all these rumors and you know I I thought they'd be somewhat successful this year. You know a little more. And as I look at it, even more now, and like really look at the Jaguars, I don't think they're going to win many games. So maybe he just loses interest, loses the love of it. He's not here for the long haul. I don't know. I was I made a lot of bold statements about them that he'd be right. in an AFC championship game in three years with Lawrence. I, I may be wrong about that. So we'll, we'll, listen, we'll see. That that's interesting. That's something to monitor. But yeah, so we're I'm two and one, and you're one and two, correct? Yeah. Why don't we head out to um Seattle? I mean Indianapolis, Seattle and the Seahawks. I mean Seattle and the Colts. There we go. 
Yeah, add uh, add another L to, to, to my column. I had the Colts plus three in this one. Yeah, I had uh, the Seahawks uh, minus three. I liked how their record is when they travel out to the East Coast. They're very good. They're one of the better teams. So uh, they they dominated that game. My boy Carson Winston looks so good. No, they did dominate that game. Same old Russell Wilson. You know, he'll be the MVP front runner and by through week five, like he always does. Um, yeah, his numbers in week one, he's thrown four touchdowns in back-to-back seasons now or whatever. Wow. But uh, the new offensive coordinator looks like it's working. Now, hopefully they get on the same page for a full season and we can yeah. see a possible MVP for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't really go into much more depth about this, honestly, because I wasn't watching any of these games. I was obviously at the Jet game. So, uh, yeah, I saw Metcalf had a nice game. I saw Tyler Lockett had a really nice game. He had a, that, a beautiful catch in the end zone over the shoulder. That was really nice. Lockett played well. Uh, yeah. Their defense their defense really played well mm-hmm. um, against a good offensive line, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they got to him. They had eight pressures. So, All right. What about uh, Tennessee? Man, did we get this game wrong. Yeah. Um, let, let me say something about Tennessee. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I I'm worried about them. I think Arthur Smith leaving it was was big. He was their offensive coordinator. They had a great offense, and Arthur Smith didn't look great in his game. But I'd be worried about the Titans just because they had absolutely no offensive identity. They don't have an easy matchup this week. I don't think. I think they play. They play at Seattle. I think they're gonna lose again. I'd be worried about the Titans for sure. Uh, You know, Henry couldn't get anything going. You know, there were no creative, you know, plays. Taylor Lewan got beat like a drum by Chandler Jones. Five sacks Mm -hmm. for uh, Chandler Jones. Taylor Taylor Lewan can go on his podcast and uh, on Barstool, and he can go talk and cry about giving up five sacks. Yeah. I could have had five sacks against him. He looked terrible. Uh, Yeah, brutal game. Um, Kyler is a beast. I love Kyler. Oh, I could definitely see this being another big step for Kyler, and this could be like an MVP campaign. I could definitely see that happening. And they, their first drive, JM, they literally had four penalties. The um, the Cardinals. Yeah, four penalties, and I'm like, oh my god, this is incredibly sloppy. Right. And then the Titans ended up having a bunch of penalties too. Right. I mean, it was a really sloppy game. He made two phenomenal plays that game. That throw to Hopkins was unbelievable. He was on the run, threw it across his body in a tight window, and then the catch by Hopkins was ridiculous. And then that play where he scrambled and threw that uh, little 15-yard first down to Rondell Moore was unbelievable. I mean, running for his life, um, knowing where everybody's coming from, and then it looked like he was going to scramble, and then being able to still about – I think he bought almost 10 seconds of time, literally, and then being able to make that throw. That was incredible. Yeah, it was. And D-Hop looked good. Um, as probably well, two touchdowns. Definitely the most sh- – that was a very surprising game to me. This one is right up there with one of the most surprising games. The Falcons were minus three, and I picked them, and I was pretty confident in this. And not only did they not cover it, they got blown out. By the People are talking about the Falcons looking like the worst team in football. Yeah. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think that's the case. No, me neither. I think, listen, can't believe I'm saying this. The Eagles looked like a competent 
team and franchise on Sunday. They ran the ball very well. Hertz played well. He was able to run a little bit. Um, the, the plays that Nick Sirianni, I thought, and, and, and whoever the offensive coordinator had a great day. They were drawing up. They, they ran like they had 93 yards on just like seven zone plays. Right. Um, running the ball. I, I thought uh, Hertz was able to, you know, just he had guys open all day. Rager was open. Devonta Smith looked great and he was open. Uh, Dallas Goddard had a nice day. I think Hertz is going to be able to, you know, throw the ball fine. And, and I just think they look so efficient offensively because their offensive line for the first time in a while is healthy. And right. their offensive line looked like it was like men amongst boys. Yeah. So they do have a very good line. I don't, and, and their defensive front has always been good. They've never had a problem there. They've had Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and a bunch of other guys for as long as I can think of. I think we misjudged the Philadelphia Eagles. I heard the buzz a week before the season started, and I was like, no, they're, right. they're a dumpster fire. And I don't now, know. I'm not willing to, you know, say what you're saying right now. Um, I, 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 will, I will take away the fact that I think they're going to be awful. Um, I don't think they're going to be that bad. But um, if, you know, if this team ends up being a playoff team, then obviously I will, uh, I'll own it and say I was wrong. Um, I think a lot of people will be wrong. I did not see this team being good at all. Um, I'm, Neither I'm, not did a, I. I'm not a big believer in Jalen Hurts. I think he does have talent, but I, I don't know if it's uh, how well it would translate in the NFL. So, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overreact too much here. Um, the only reaction, like I said, I will give is I don't I think this team could be a little better than we thought. Uh, I don't think they're gonna suck anymore. But um, at the same time, I could see them being a surprise team and making the playoffs this year and making a run at that division. With the, with a the, with the good offensive line, you could do a lot of things. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, one of the most surprising games of the year. And then going to the, the Falcons, Matt Ryan did not play well. Um, I'm not too worried about them. Terribly. I'm not too worried about them. I mean, obviously, we don't think they're making the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be like the worst team in the NFL. No. Um, how Chargers. about the uh, – Yeah, Chargers football team. I had watched this is a weird game. A yeah, I had the Chargers. I forgot my record already. I'll put um I'll think of it again. You were um yeah. I thought the Chargers had opportunities to run away with this game. And then I thought the, the Redskins had opportunities to win this game. I don't think they both played well. Ultimately, you know, uh Justin Herbert went on a nice drive at the end and closed this thing out. Um, I think the the takeaways from here is that Herbert is an elite quarterback. Their offensive line is improved, and that's going to do wonders for him in that offense. And I think Brandon Staley is going to win Coach of the Year. Wow. Did you pick him for the preseason awards? You know what? I didn't. Can I change that or no? No, you can't. I think I right. did. No? I did, right? I did picked... you? Yeah, I remember one of us picked Staley, and I think it was me. I picked Shanahan. Um. Oh, right. I, I thought you picked Shanahan too. No, I did not. I didn't pick Shanahan. You're Mister Forty ers You love your Forty ers Um, I like my Rams. Yeah, too. good game, twenty to sixteen, right? Yep. Um, you know, good game. Uh, Chargers were down at the beginning of the fourth quarter, scored the touchdown. Terry McLaurin made an unbelievable catch. That was insane. Um, it literally went through the defender's arms. It looked like, and he caught it. But, yeah, tough, tough loss with Fitzpatrick gone now. Um, I think Heineke's a good backup quarterback, though. Uh, he played pretty well in that wild card game. And I think I think they're going to take care of business against your Giants this, uh, this Thursday. But um, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Gibson looked good. 
Not not good enough in fantasy. Not good enough in fantasy, but he did. Look I would have liked good. better. Yeah. Didn't he have like at least what do you have like fifteen or something? He had twelve. Didn't matter, uh, you know. Well, it's better than story. having you know Raheem Mostert in your lineup like I did with his. Two I have Raheem in my other league. Yeah. Um, speaking of Raheem Mostert. 49ers Lions. This was the greatest backdoor cover I've ever seen. Um, I had the Niners minus eight and a half. I did too. And my friends who live in another state, um, we were talking about games before the um before the game started. And my one friend said, I don't know. I think I like the Niners minus eight and a half. They're gonna blow them out. And I said, No, you know, they're uh I, I don't like it. I, I I could see a backdoor cover. And they're getting blown out. And I knew they were going to come after me. Like, oh, you're an idiot. And Man. I ended up coming back, back door cover. We lose that pick right there. So, uh, yeah. Good, good for the like Lions. That what? game looked like it was. Yeah, you're right. It looked like it wasn't going to be a blowout. Not um, much there other than most are going down. But I'll tell you what, whoever runs the ball behind that offensive line is going to yeah. have nice rushes yeah. and uh, stats. So, I'm not worried about them at all. I think they're going to continue to roll. I think they'll beat – the Eagles, who I basically just proclaim Super Bowl champions. Um, I think they'll go into Philadelphia and beat them. Um, how about the Vikings? Minus three. Terrible. 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 I had them in a pick them. <sighs> terrible. God awful Minnesota Vikings. Right. What a joke. Defensively, they look as crap like they did last year. Yeah. That, um, and you're right. They, they were awful last year, and they have some good pieces on the defense. So you thought it would be a little better. And, and, you know, you let Joe Burrow off a torn ACL throw. throw no offensive line. Throwing dimes to Jamar Chase. You let Joe you let Joe Mixon put up, like, 25 points in fantasy. You know you did something wrong. He had 100 yards and, and, and a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, come on. And I try and give – I try and be you know, like this year. I, I thought the Vikings would be better. I picked them to win, like, nine games, just missed the playoffs, eight games, and they do that. Terrible. They're dead to me. I'm done. Right. Jamar um, Chase can't see the football. There's not enough lines on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Dolphins plus three. I picked that. I picked the Dolphins plus three against the Patriots. It um they won by one point. Uh, you went with the Patriots with here, right? I went with the Pats there. Yeah. Um, pretty good game. Um, low scoring game, defensive battle. Kind of expecting expected it to be like that. Tua looked like Tua, you know, nothing game manager, nothing special. exactly. Um, Miles Gaskin Go. hot had like 12 points. I'm all for the Mac Miles Jones. Gaskin. Mac Jones looked pretty good. Um, yeah. nothing, nothing crazy, but nothing bad at all. Mm-hmm. So he'll look to improve on that start. I thought, uh, the defense for the Patriots played all right. Mm-hmm. A boring game. Definitely, definitely boring game. Um, moving on the really entertaining game here, um, and a possible AFC championship preview. Browns Chiefs. Oh, by the way, just before we get to this, um, I officially revoked my Ravens Super Bowl prediction before the game last night. I told my roommate. Um, oh well, that's that's unfortunate because the season started already. Yeah, I think they're just, I think they're just so banged up, and and it was before they lost. It was ask him. It was it was is that eight fifteen? We're getting ready for kickoff. I'm like that's unfortunate. You should have done it eight fifteen before Thursday. That's yeah. unfortunate. All right, take it easy. Yeah, you still got you still got that finalized. All right. Um. Yeah. New Brandon Staley, the, offensive coordinator, I mean, the off, uh, off the coach of the year, and you got a deal. The Browns. Um. They played well, and it looked like they were going to win this game at one point, but they they ended up losing. They they did get the cover at plus five and a half. Did you? Who'd you go with here? I ended up 
I ended up taking the Chiefs. I said if it was one or two more points, okay. I would have went with the Browns, but a five and a half was too little. Okay. Um, yeah. Baker, um, I, you know, the thing is, the Browns look so good in that first half and why they look so good. Run the ball. Running the crap out. Play action. Yeah. Let Baker manage the game a little bit. And that's what they did. And they had to go away from that. And when Baker has to make plays and when Baker has to step up, they lose. So I'm not surprised. Um, they were driving down the field. At the end, Baker throws a terrible interception. This is what it is. I, well, this, this team is, is being held back because of their quarterback. Yeah, this is no doubt the make or break year for Baker. If he's still, if they're still getting held back a little bit by him, and you know, there's no more excuses. He's got all the weapons he needs. He's got two really good running backs. He's got some good receivers. I mean, Odell was inactive, but when he comes back, he's got even David Ajoku, who's a hell of a. They have a great tight end room there. Um, I think Najoku is a pretty talented guy, and then we know how good the offensive line, the defense is. So um, I think this team's still going to be really good. I think Baker will have a pretty good year. Um, obviously, he didn't have the best game. But, you know, you did you did play the Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. So that, that is an impressive game nonetheless. Um, Giants, I cannot, you know, uh, maybe this was me being like, the opposite of bias, like I was trying to be too unbiased and pick the Giants plus three here because I really did think this would be a pretty close game. I, I you know, they were home and I, I wasn't crazy about the Broncos with Bridgewater and everything like that. And boy, was I wrong. The Broncos ended up winning this game by two touchdowns. So I yeah. lose this one. Yeah, I had uh, we talked about this game. I had the Broncos. Um, yeah, I got the Giants play a little better. But you know, maybe lose by a score or four points. Yeah. So it's what it is. They gotta win on Thursday. That's all. Right. Got to win on Thursday. And here's the shocker of the week. Um oh, this was disgusting. The Packers. Um, not necessarily that the fact that they didn't cover is a shocker. The the final score is a shocker here. Um, the Packers were minus three and a half. Um, they ended up actually scoring half a point less than the line was. They scored three points. And they lost 38-3 to to the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville, the little neutral site because of uh, Hurricane uh, – it was Ida, right? Hurricane Ida? Ida. No, yeah. uh, yes, Ida, Ida, Ida. So, um, yeah, Jameis Winston with the weirdest stat line I think I've ever seen. Five well, touchdowns. Proclaiming Jameis Winston an MVP. Listen, the five touchdowns is impressive. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's got like 150 yards. Can you air, can yeah. you air the ball out a little I bit? I mean, I'm all for the Jameis Winston MVP uh, resurgence bandwagon here, but uh, yeah, I mean, resurgence. There was never a Jameis Winston MVP thing. Oh, there in, was. In oh, life. yeah, there was. Oh, yeah, there was. The hell um, out of here with Jameis. He, yeah, first first guy with a 30-30 season. Um, oh, you do it in baseball, you, you get proclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, really rough. I wouldn't worry too much about this if I was the Packers. I mean, it, it was a bad game, but in terms they of looked Aaron, un, in terms of Packer Aaron fans Rodgers, aren't going to like me right now. What? They looked unprepared, and for Aaron Rodgers to do all that bitching all year <laughs> to come out and hey, look like he looks terrible. He yeah, looks he's like he's a fifty-five year old man. No, no, no. His looks. Oh yeah, he, he looks, looks like a hobo. He's disgusting. Yeah. He looks like a hobo. He's an asshole. He's talking he, to his family. That's another story. He looks like an he, old Jedi. No, seriously. Like, I don't know. He they they did a side by side of Brady and him, and to think that Brady's like seven years older than him. Yeah. Like Brady's a good looking guy, and this guy looks like he's sixty with the mom haircut. 
I, I don't understand. Maybe you would think this guy, you know, he, he lives out in, on the West Coast. He, you know, has a little, he's, he dated Olivia Munn, who was one of the hottest people on this planet. Well, he's not you dating her think, anymore. I know he's got this other, uh, I was going to say something. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this other, I think he married her. Ugh. Listen, look better. I mean, come on. You're going to host Jeopardy? You want to host Jeopardy looking like that? Get the hell out of here. Anyway, that's my Aaron Rodgers rant. He'll play better. I think the backers will be fine. Um, they got a lot of Super Bowl hype uh, the week before the season. I saw that. Yeah. Uh... Definitely concerning, though. I mean, I don't think this is just something where you just sweep it under the rug. Okay, bad loss. I mean, the fact that uh, the, the, the Rodgers part I wouldn't worry about, but no. just the fact that they gave up 38 points and just played so bad the way they did, it is a little concerning. It's um, not a, you know offense that's crazy good. Yeah. This, to me, was the lock of the week. Rams yeah. minus 7.5 against um, the Chicago Bears. Uh Looked to be a close game. The Bears were keeping it close in the first half, and then the Rams just took off in the second half, ended up winning by 20 points. Um, yeah, Matt Stafford looked good. Cooper Cup looked good. Tyler Higby looks pretty good. Robert Woods caught oh, a touchdown. Here we go, Tyler, Tyler Higby. Um, Robert Woods got a touchdown, and the defense looked really good. So, yeah. I think Sean McVay is salivating, you know, that he yeah. has a quarterback that can stretch the field like this. You know, in that offense, you're going to roll out. There's going to be a lot of play action. But there's going to be that chance for that big deep shot, and Jared Goff couldn't do that for him. I think with a quarterback of um, Stafford's arm. He, listen, Stafford's a talented guy. He hasn't won a lot, but he's a talented quarterback, and I think he's going to win a lot of games here. Right. Um, I had the 49ers and the Rams both going 12 and five, and I had them. I had the Rams losing in the second round, but I could see the Rams. You know, taking that 49er spot and being in that NFC Championship game and possibly going farther. Right. And then finally, in what is an early candidate for the game of the year, um, the Ravens failed to cover. I had them minus three and a half against Oakland. Oakland wins the game in overtime. First off, what did you, uh, who'd you pick in this? I had the Raiders plus uh, four and a half. I got it at. Oh, yeah, four and a half. It was four. When we did the picks, it was four and a half. Oh, okay. Um, Well, either way, I lose. But, um, yeah, very, very, very rough loss for the Baltimore Ravens um, for what looked to be a really rough loss for the Raiders. Um, you know, they got to overtime and the Raiders had the ball at the one yard line. First and goal. They first first they said they scored. Then they overturned it, said he was short of the goal line, had the ball at the one, tried to do a QB sneak with uh, Derek Carr. Didn't work. Then second and goal, false start, moving back six yards. Then a um, he got sacked. No, did he get sacked? Delay game. No, no, it was a false start. Then I don't know, whatever. And then he ended up throwing a pick where he had pressure in his face, um, threw it, went through someone's hands, hit off the Ravens defender's helmet, went up in the air. Ravens pick it off. So it looks like it's going to be an awful loss for the Raiders. And then, um, a big play Lamar by fumbles. Lamar fumbles, big play by Carl Nassib. Raiders recover. And I think John Gruden, first of all, I don't think John Gruden's a really good head coach at all. Um, right. I, actually, I actually think he's a bad coach. But, oh. yeah, but his management there at the end, he got away with something where that delay of game, they brought out the kicking unit on second down from, like, the 29-yard line just to kick the field goal 
and win the game. And they ended up getting a delay a game, and it was a little too far, so they brought the offensive offense back on the field, and then they threw the game-winning touchdown to Zay Jones. I thought that was such a stupid decision to put the kicker on the field on second down for a 46-yard field goal. Like, dude, that's not a chip shot. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. It's a 46-yard field goal. That is no chip shot, and it's second down. Run the ball a couple of times. You know, obviously there's the threat of a fumble, but tell your running back, hold on to the ball as best as you can. See what you get. See what you can get, and then yeah, and make it a 40 yard field goal or a 39 yard field goal or whatever, a 46 yarder, and you're just gonna kick it on second down. And he got away with it because there ended up being a delay game. And there you go. Yeah. Well, um, see what Derek Carr said about Zay Jones who caught the touchdown pass. No. He was like, oh, the hardest worker, you know, whatever. He was so happy for Zay Jones. So uh, good for him. And I heard the Manning broadcast was absolutely fantastic. It was funny. I saw some of the clips. It was really funny. I didn't get to watch the full thing, but um, I, I saw some clips. Yeah, and I was, I'm about to read a story from a, a guy that covers, you know, sports media. And uh, I'm excited to see what he says. I heard it was great, though. So it's definitely something that's going to stay. Yeah, that, that would be fun. Um, and But just to end, going to Derek Carr, I mean – Really did not play that well yesterday. If you ask me, I mean, he th- he threw, um, I think, two picks. Actually, no, it ended up being one pick because one of them got overturned. He had a couple almost interceptions um, and just missed throws on certain crossing routes. He underthrew Darren Waller a couple times, overthrew a couple passes. So I, I, I think Derek Carr is a, a decent quarterback. I don't think he's anything more than that. There are some people who say he's elite, but he just doesn't have an elite roster around him. No. I mean, no. I like Carr more than most, but I think he's, you know, limited. You got to have a really good team, really good system for him to win. I think he's like middle of the pack. That's yeah, it. you could win with him if you have – like he's almost like a baker. Like you could win with him if, right. you, if the perfect – you know, scenario, but he's not going to put you over the edge. It's not yeah. gonna, you're not going to win because of him. Agreed. Uh, quickly. So you got the Redskins. I'm, ne- I'm, I'm not going to be able to stop. I'm not yeah. going to be able to. It's only been back. Like a year. You still call them that. The football team, you got, you, you got Washington on Thursday. I'm going to take my Giants. They need it. I think defensively, they got to come out and play a lot better. And um, yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. Long episode. Really long episode. Long episode. Listen, that's fine. Um, it's football season. We'll be back next Thursday. This Thursday, we're gonna get our or Friday. We're gonna get our picks for um the upcoming week. And uh we'll see where our baseball teams are at. I'm excited to go tonight again, you know, free food, you know, living in luxury. So I'm excited for that. All right. So uh yes, yeah, so anything to say? No, hopefully the Yankees play a little better here. Get a nice sweep against the Orioles. That'd be nice. Yeah, that's needed. All right. We will uh we'll talk to you guys uh later in the week.